Yep. Yeah, we record. Well, we're live. <laughs> we are, in a manner of speaking. Indeed. Indeed. So this is, uh, come on, you know the episode, what episode? Is this it is number four. Four of I series think. two. Series two, episode four. And it's live. Yes, it is. And we have a packed agenda on the impact narrative, which is our kind of uh, insightful and um, ill-informed and... Uh, um, pontifications, pontifications, ruminations, reflections on the world today. The world today, with certain uh, favourite topic areas, but ho- hopefully those things that other people are talking about in an equally ill-informed and mm. pontificatory fashion. Indeed, the world at 12.30. Yes, at 12.30 on the 2nd of November. First? first, 2nd. It's oh. definitely the 1st. It is, right, okay. Oh, it was Halloween yesterday. It, it was, was Halloween. Did you go out trick-or-treating, Mark? No way, no. Thankfully, I, I uh, completely brainwashed my children into a feeling that it's a commercial thing oh, that's excellent. been manufactured by uh, a, a country that isn't Britain. Right. Well, I was ambushed oh. by um, a, a colleague of ours from Lek. Right. Who turned up with five young ones. Oh, dear. Five? Yeah, yeah, that's and very unfair. He hadn't even made any effort. He didn't have... Fancy dress or, uh, or anything. I was very disappointed. Well, I hope you sent him packing with, uh, without any confectionery. I did. I, the kids got very some, good. but... Uh, I bought loads of stuff. And it, one of the things, that, yeah, this is very topical, that um, there were these kind of uh, fangs, oh. you know, uh, jelly-type fangs. Now, if we'd done this in a more prepared manner, I could very subtly have revealed a set it, of fangs. Ah. Or maybe we can... Um, I'll bring them in next week when it's completely untopical. But No, but I, I was looking at when the... Uh, because neither of my children really wanted them. They didn't want any because they'd been brainwashed. So effectively, well they didn't actually want any. I bought stuff and they didn't uh, consume it. And I looked at the packet hoping to see what I did see was that the eat-by date of these things was December 2019. Oh, well, so I can, I can wheel <laughs> them out for next year and perhaps even for the impact narrative. But the other thing, while I was looking for the eat-by date, I noticed that they had been made in China. So mm. Britain is no longer supplying its own ridiculous gimmicks for Halloween. Which means that for next year, Halloween will be infinitely more expensive. Well, not for me, because, because I've already Brexit. bought... Oh, right. Yeah, well, no, because I've already imported the goods. They've got past the tariff barriers. Oh, very organised, Mark. Let's hope that Mr Trump, in the meantime, doesn't slap a huge tariff on mm. uh, fangs. But anyway, well, on to a packed knows? agenda. Who knows what he'll do next. This programme has no views. Certainly, if it has any views on Mr Trump, then they are nothing to do with Lancaster University, where we both work currently. Currently. And well, so, at the top of our news agenda, we have Brazil, which I was hoping that you would know about, because mainly because you uh, have a slightly well-placed... Uh, we've got the uh, special guest star, inadvertently. The, that was Dr. Hyman. Ah. Um, uh, the prolific author of Atheism, etc., and other mm. tomes, which are all available in good bookshops so brazil you've got a rather highly placed uh, a friend source yeah but he hasn't told but me he anything. hasn't told me anything <laughs> right <laughs> but no uh, before starting on brazil i thought we should start on the environment because a really interesting and impactful bit of research has been conducted by the richardson by, institute by some academics somewhere right okay who have said 
that five of the largest intact ecosystems in the world are in five states. Or the largest ecosystems in the world can be found in five states. Now, Do I you, guess? Can you guess where those states are? Brazil. Is that, that, but it's not that's, intact. That's if one that's of them. Amazon, that's, that's one of them. Uh, Antarctica? No. Oh, well, that's an ecosystem that's not been ravaged yet. Are you an expert in environmental ecosystems? Oh, certainly not. Ah, in well. fact, I, I could have stopped you when you said the word expert, because <laughs> uh, thankfully Michael Gove could watch this safely, because no, uh, there's no expertise here at all. Certainly not. We don't want to listen to experts. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, so, well, I think that's Brazil, the end. And then the US? Yeah. What's that? China. What's Oh, sorry, yeah. no, Russia. Right. Canada. Right. And Australia. Yeah, Five I was going to say Australia. ecosystems in the world. Right. But there's a segue here into Brazilian politics. We have a new Brazilian president. We have. What's his name? I haven't the faintest idea. And, and I don't know who the... Uh, Mr. Chairman is how this uh, exceptional character who, unfortunately, we've, we've just lost. Um, I can't pronounce his name either. Right. But I would well, know one or two of the letters in it. Okay. So go on. Well, we're dealing with Mr. Bolsonaro. Excellent. You've mastered another one. I have. I'm sure that'll be I'll be saying that name a lot and, in the future, um, but not yet. He, he's an interesting chap. Ex-military. A mm. couple of years in the military. Allegedly involved in, a, in a, an aborted coup attempt. An aborted one, as mm. opposed to a successful... Indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a parliamentarian for 27 years. Did Pedigree. very little. Mm. A, a backbencher did very little. Spoke out on all kinds of important topics. You're reading this off the computer. Oh, I'm not. There's a photo of a rainforest. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, just to inspire me. Okay. And uh, well, he's he's now become president. Right. Sounds a bit like Jay Corbyn, the sort of backbench. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Good. Oh, well, 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 well done. You know, it's it's nice to see somebody a... coming from relative obscurity too. Indeed. Indeed. Well, there's a lot to talk about with this chap. He's um, rather worrying. And the reason why we've segued in from the environment is that he has now immediately lumped in the office, the administrative office for environmental affairs with also agriculture. Right. And the big fear is that one of the first things that this chap's going to do as president of Brazil is continue a policy of deforestation. Right. Continue to chop down the Amazon. Hmm. So... But, but on one of on one of the first days after he was elected, mm. a report independent of this has been published by academics that's gained a lot of traction in the press. It's going to have a lot of impact. Right. That's urging what, the world to maintain these are. ecosystems. Mm. And yet, Mr. Bolsonaro right. is beginning the move to um, yeah. continue it, deforestation. Yeah. Right. Thus joining all the other countries that you mentioned as being uh, antagonistic towards... Uh, apart from Canada, of course. Canada and Australia, but uh, I wouldn't associate China with a desire to preserve... Sorry, Russia. Russia oh, right, I thought you said, States. Oh, right, we crossed China off. Yeah, we did. Yeah, well, I wouldn't really associate that with no. a, a great uh, anxiety about the future yeah, of mankind. Yeah, but it's, it's particularly worrying, not only in the short term, but the much longer term, that the need mm. to preserve these ecosystems right. is... Is of paramount importance. And that's leaving aside all of the complexities of 
of what's actually happening in Brazil. So, yeah, okay. what, what do you know about Mr. Bolsonaro? Well, I don't know his name. I don't know. I know the country he's about to right. destroy or whatever. How many people voted for him? Um, ooh, uh, 52% to 48%. Uh, I, I don't know the percentage figures, but I know that over 50 million people voted for him. Well... Good Over 50 popular million chap. people voted for a populist. More than in the British Bake Off, I would have thought. Oh, I would have thought so, yeah. And what's, what's particularly odd is that at the start of this electoral campaign, you had two candidates. Mm. One was in prison. Right. And that wasn't Bolsonaro. No, it wasn't. That's Freddie Mercury's and first Mr. Bolsonaro right. was in hospital. He was on his deathbed. Wow. And uh, obviously the person in prison was... Uh, Lulu, who yeah, 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 had yeah. all kinds of issues with corruption and, and financial irregularities. And he her version of the locomotion is very dodgy as well. That's Sorry. true. Uh, he anyway, was, go he on. was forced to withdraw, obviously. And that left uh, Bolsonaro with with a great deal of populist support. And, mm. and he managed to, to gain even more by sort of being this anti-establishment figure... But he modelled himself mm. on, on other anti-establishment figures, spoke out on very controversial issues. He um, suggested that a woman was so ugly that she didn't deserve to have human oh, rights. yes, that's right. I remember that. He, yeah. he vehemently rejected the right of, of LGBTQ people to have any rights. Mm. He embarked in, in smear It's not a snowflake. No. He's to use a, a word that I'm hearing a lot nowadays. He's someone who modelled himself on Mr. Trump. Yeah, sounds like it. And seems to have taken it far, far worse. Mm. And, well, um, yeah, he's he's now president, or he will yeah. be president, president-elect. But surely he'd be the pro-establishment candidate, considering he wasn't in prison. That was the, mm. the problem he had to really live down. The fact that he was in a hospital rather than... Yeah. I hope he was under armed guard or something. In, well, in he'd hospital. been stabbed. Oh, right, I see. So yeah. he, was, he was in a pretty bad state. Yeah. But people who, who've voted for him have spoken to, to a number of folks who've said that, look, we wanted someone who was anti-establishment. We wanted someone who wasn't that establishment figure, who hadn't been in the administrations, who hadn't been towing the party line for decades. We wanted someone mm. different. Yeah. And it's it's the same thing in the US, of yeah, yeah. Mr. Trump. Absolutely. It was the same thing that, that many thought uh, supported the rise of Mr. Corbyn and conversely, Mr. Farage. Yeah, the yeah. sense of anti-establishment. Not tainted by having Indeed. actually exercised any political mm. responsibility. I'm reading at the moment, Book of the Week isn't, because I... It's not all that good, but Steve Richards' book, The Outsiders, yeah. on exactly this and okay. how, you know, the populists, I mean, the, the sort of almost paradox that these are outsiders who then become the ultimate insider. Yeah. And in Mr. Trump's case, of course, he was pretending to be an outsider when, and I would have thought your Mr. Farage, of course. Mr. Bolsonaro, whatever, uh, is... Um, really products of yeah. an establishment in many ways the military background being an MP for 27 years uh, it's just that he was I assume an aspirant insider who because of his coup he obviously kind of wanted he didn't want the coup to happen just for entertainment he wanted to become he obviously had aspirations to become a leader and therefore see I would have thought that if the populace really had any sense they would vote for somebody who was charismatic who didn't want to be leader because 
almost certainly those who want to be leader see their leadership as mm. being a new form of insiderdom. Yeah, no, that's but, that's the meta reflections on the. It is, but nobody uh, nobody bothers with such reflections, do they? They just vote for somebody who says rude things about the establishment. Oh, exactly. And exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and uh, good luck to them. Mm. You know, they certainly have my uh, contempt. I mean, support, yes, uh, exactly. Something or other. Now, of course, there were other broader economic trends that were were certainly key in in this election. Oh yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't ignore those. No, no, certainly not. People have got a reason for despising the establishment. Yeah. Oh, but the thing that Steve Richards said is really good: is that people in Britain, in particular think that MPs don't listen to the public but the brilliant twist he puts in it is that their problem is that they listen too much to the public, in okay. other words that they're constantly poring over opinion polls yeah. and they do things which prove to be wrong headed or whatever sure. because they don't have a big view, a meta view of public opinion, yeah. they have snapshots of opinion and respond to them in a way which actually brings their office into disrepute. But it's very granular I'm sure it is very very short term rather than yeah a yeah 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 picture. yeah and I think that's a nice twist. I, I think that this is really it's it's worrying, but it's intellectually quite interesting to see how this this populist trend has has emerged and how that short termism sort of fuels this this populism mm. as a consequence of of broader media agendas, the sort of the immediacy of media agendas reflecting mm. on every single small intricate detail. Yeah. That is that is obviously cultivating this sense of of divisions us and them and the desire to to kick out the old god. Mm. This isn't just a UK or US phenomenon. It's clearly oh, no. uh, Although we were sort of ahead of the game in a way with Brexit, but um sort of. But then mm. we've been I mean we patented an awful lot of these things with the aforementioned Michael Gove and his idiotic uh, attack on experts, mm. you know that that what could be the the kind of the the punchline of all populists. We've had enough of listening to experts. Let's listen to people who don't have a clue what they're <laughs> doing. Uh, and of course, Mr. Gove. Uh, not that this is a view I hold, but uh, is I would have thought very well qualified as one of the the new breed of people who don't know what they're doing. I would certainly agree with that. Well, no, you can't, but you'd sort of agree with it for five minutes and then... Then listen to another non-expert who... Right, so so that's Brazil. I mean, but but we'll have to, for next week, we'll have to find out whether... I mean, our our acquaintance, who is a reasonably... source. A well-placed source. Is is he likely to not be a well-placed source as a result of this? Probably not. Because... Oh really? Right, mm. it's too highly placed to be moved. Right. Mm. Well, uh, okay. let's let's see. We'll how, see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll report back. Yeah. In in coded language. Right. Okay. He possibly, might be watching. Possibly Morse code. We should send him a copy of this, and he'll be arrested. Beep 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 beep. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was my duh, duh, duh of the of Morse. Yeah, I thought you were doing ah. Morse there with the Morse uh, code, was, but nobody's um, heard of Morse anyway. So no. uh, next agenda, next agenda item, Brexit. Oh no! Moving on. Really? Uh, what's oh, happened oh. since our last? Because we had a two-week break, uh, haven't we? we? Did, yeah. Uh, well, they're just making more optimistic noises about a deal. And, and then but I think also back. what's happening is people are looking, drilling down. Mm. Uh, uh, we won't talk about fracking. Um, the, uh, the, into the practical consequences and um, finding lots of very nasty things. Sort of 
earthquakes as they no no that's the down. fracking thing yeah well oh. yeah political earthquakes mm. as they drill down and not um, four on the Richter scale as we saw recently mm. um, at Blackpool in, yeah 0.8 wasn't was it, it 0.8 I think so yeah. okay mm. uh, but yeah I mean it's it's um, it's gone, it's all gone quiet hasn't it because what, there the will be or the environment. Or uh, they're the, they're uh, thinking there may be a deal by the end of November. I think we'll talk about it then because we've gone round the whole loop so many times. Next agenda mm. item: Brussels. No, not oh. Brussels. Budget. Brussels. That's a Freudian slip. To, uh, to slip Brussels Budget sprouts dictated. into our, our little agenda. Yeah, of course, because because since we last spoke, austerity has ended. Yes. Yay! It's then, over. Yeah, ten years of hard of doom graft. and gloom. We're going to go out and buy some fifty-piece sausage rolls or. No, we don't have to do that. I'm anymore. not going to spend that much on the sausage rolls, right? But um, uh, so Mr. Hammond has said we've survived. Yeah, it's the hard work of the British people who wouldn't have worked hard had it not been for austerity. Mm. It would have been just sort of you know chilling, but we've worked hard over ten years, and now we deserve to have um, an uplift in our living standards, which might compensate for a tiny fraction of the decline of our living standards. Just gonna need to cut there. Oh no! No, there's just a thing. <laughs> right. The uh, the you know you could say I think in many ways uh, it it was a, a a budget which more people would welcome than not because it does again it alleviates some of the damage that's mm. going to be done by the. Um, uh, credit uh, universal credit uh, system so generally uh, well received then well i think it's been generally well received well i think so i mean um if you look at the details again there's evidence that it benefits those already well off more than those who need the help the most however you could say things like raising the threshold at which you begin to pay tax you could say that it's an uncontroversial budgeting yeah. and and corbyn lambasted Hammond obviously but it was more for things that had been done in the previous period of austerity right. and the, the savage cuts and all that kind of thing he didn't really land many gloves I think, well he only had two gloves on right. the uh, the budget itself but the big thing of course which was, I think tells you a great deal about about that budget then yeah I think, I mean, but uh, <laughs> the point is it's all premised on there being a deal with Brexit mm. and Hammond said if there's no deal I'm going to have to do another budget and tear up what I've just done and that is really dangerous because yeah. it is in many respects a mo- I would say a moderately optimistic budget based on for example in, um, r- reduction of the government's budget deficit in that you know that uh, tax receipts remain buoyant and mm-hmm. you know wh- whatever so we have a bit of room for manoeuvre but of course the implication being if that room for manoeuvre is taken away by yeah. no deal Brexit then any goodies in that <laughs> you know, it's like saying that the era of austerity was over for a few weeks and now it's back <laughs> at this time it's, it's personal uh, <laughs> with a vengeance yeah I mean that is very that just shows how crazy British politics has, has become because um, having given this is the thing with budget the only things which actually really happen immediately are things like increases in tax on tobacco the other things will happen in April I guess the um, tax giveaways uh, mm. and they'll never happen if there's no deal in Brexit so the positive headlines if there were many uh, will just be you know so much as next week's uh, fish and chip wrappers 
but the fish and chip wrappers will make the fish and chips taste particularly. The fish and chips will turn to ashes in the <laughs> mouths of those who Indeed. are taking it out of the wrappers, which were yesterday's headlines. So, how long do you think we should enjoy this period of austerity of non-austerity for? I think enjoy it while it lasts. Have your fish and chips that still taste like fish and chips. But for how long? How long do you think we before got? they turn to ashes? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this is a crucial month. We keep saying that, but I think that the trouble is that Dominic Raab has said that, that there's a likelihood of a deal this month um, and if there isn't I just again you know how long do they keep it um, going I think he wouldn't have said that had it not been for mutual recognition of the need to make a deal right but then of course and it seemed that does there was, Parliament accept that deal seemed that there was a slight um, agreement financially the idea that um, the British financial institutions will play by the same rules as their European counterparts and and thus have access to European markets. That, I mean, that would have been a crucial... But, but of course, all, again, it's a Northern Ireland border, and that's in terms of getting it through Parliament. So I would imagine that the government strategy will be, if there is a, the beginnings of a deal taking shape, to sell it as a sign that the EU has moved towards a British position mm. and that, therefore, I mean, you know... What are they thinking? Because the DUP, I, I can't see the DUP being happy with any deal at all, that, a, apart from the whole of the UK staying in the customs union, uh, ironically yeah. enough. And so one could imagine, imagine the possibility of the deal being presented in such a way that then the Conservative Party go back to the people with the general election and that the DUP no longer holds the... It could be that a general election aimed at liberating the Conservative Party from the deadly embrace of the DUP, <laughs> which would be cra- even more crazy. Yeah. A whole general election to rub out the influence of, what, 11 MPs or whatever they have. And then, of course, the the big problem there is that Sinn Féin will probably do well, mm-hmm. and they don't take their seats in Westminster. So, the you know... Explaining this to an outside observer would be uh, tricky in the in the extreme. Anyway, next mm. one. So perhaps Arsenal, they, um, Arsenal beat my second club, Blackpool, last night, but they were lucky. Apparently so. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, well, I was just going to say, it sounds like we need to do a an impact narrative Brexit fallout special. Yeah, we will. Yeah, because I don't like the ongoing things. Mm. Or it's always better to you know to reflect on what. On a mess that's happened, rather than one that's. Have you got your book manuscript ready to go? Uh, uh, no, there's one that I've got on to do Brexit. No, 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 no. no. Okay. But there will be another edition of Exploring British Politics in a bookshop near you by oh. the end of next year. Excellent. Um, and I've just, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got another book which will involve Brexit, which is being cooked. Do up. tell. But, uh, no, that's that's commercial, commercially. Confidential. Oh, it's very exciting. Can you give Indeed. us a little tidbit? Well, it'll be oblong, and uh, hopefully, and it'll have paper. Oh, so, well, you heard it here first. Next one. So, I guess the other thing to to mention is Yemen. Oh God, yes. It's still obviously a, a crisis, but the uh, the U.S. ambassador has now called for a pause. A move towards a ceasefire. Mm. He's called on all sides to, to try fire and a bit less. bring about a ceasefire, mm. calling on the, the Houthis in Yemen to stop firing on the Saudis 
and the Saudi-led coalition to stop firing in Yemen. Mm. Now, obviously, we've talked about this on the show a number of times. Huge number of people in dire need of mm. humanitarian assistance, humanitarian aid. Mm. But it's interesting that this is perhaps the loudest calls we've heard from the US to actually bring about an end to this conflict. It's almost as if something else has happened to bring this about. Almost. No, and yeah, scratching my head. I was talking to the students about this this morning, about uh, British foreign policy. The, the British were actually one of the first to criticise Saudi Arabia because yeah. of the Khashoggi affair. Uh, but this time, they waited for the Americans to say something about the uh, Yemen uh, and I should have invited my students to look at the FCO website to see whether the word Yemen had been mentioned over the previous few months. And now suddenly the British think, yeah. oh yeah, maybe that's a bit of a nasty situation in Yemen. Now that the Americans have told us about it, you know, yeah, I think yeah. something needs to be done. I mean, there's obviously a real complex issue with regard to to the British situation on Yemen. We've talked about this in the mm. past. British arms deals, raising money for the British economy, but then being used in mm-hmm. Yemen, that's hugely problematic for the government. How do you how do you balance this need for for a huge amount of money in the British economy mm. against humanitarian interests and people's lives? Yeah. How do you square that? It, it's increasingly difficult. So mm. I think perhaps the British have decided that following the Americans' lead is is prudent in this sense yeah so and that we, is clearly yeah. driven by the Hashoji affair yeah so that there'll be a time Saudi Arabia will stop being so bellicose and we can sell them weapons of mass destruction without the certainty that they're going to be used uh, mm. to oppress neighboring that wouldn't that be nice mm. so you know that's, that's uh, the position that it's kind of um, what Germany has said Oh, we'll sell you all the weapons you want, as long as they're not weapons that you'll go out and, and, and use. use. Yeah, in just you polish war. occasionally. So there was um, there was a tank deal. The Saudis bought tanks from from Germany, and this was a quite controversial deal in Germany. They were happy to keep selling arms, mm. but then as soon as the Saudis wanted tanks that could be used in frontline combat, there was mm. a, there was uproar. Yeah. So, I mean, really, what they were, it's like those Hawk trainer jets that we always sold to nasty regimes. Hmm. They're used for racing. Ah. You know, tank racing is the future in right. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, it's like Formula One, but A key with. part of Vision 2030. Yeah, you sort of go to the first corner and you take out your. You know, instead of driving badly, you just use, you know, just the gun turret. And it's a, a physical harmless. manifestation of Mario Kart. That's it, exactly Mario Kart with deadly explosives. Oh, that sounds well, no, that, I mean you know those little shell things yeah, in Mario exactly. Kart. Yeah, it sounds exactly the wonderful. Same. Yeah, as long as you're not involved in Death Race 2000 or precisely, but but it's just family entertainment purposes. Nothing to do with isn't it destroying the lives of innocent people. On the subject of destroying the lives of innocent people, in a slightly um, lighter <laughs> note, <laughs> yeah. if you can imagine such a thing, I'm segueing to my book of the week, Mark. Oh, right, good. And it's called Lives of Innocent People, Destroying oh, it's, Them. It's by John Le Carre. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Good old David Cornwell. Yeah, I knew it wouldn't be anything relevant to no, anything no, we do. No, 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 but um, a bit of light reading. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Are you a Le Carre fan? 
It's fiction, um, so I'm guessing not. I think, yeah, your guess is is well aimed. Uh, have you finished The Count of Monte Cristo? No, I've abandoned it. Oh dear, why? Yeah, because it starts so well and then he becomes nasty. And what the, the narrator switches from, we see everything from his eyes and then he starts being nasty and we start seeing him through the eyes of mm. whatever. No, 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 because he's he's just I don't know he's he's not a, he's he's he was a recognisable person who had terrible things happen to him and now he's a monster and I don't like him anymore. Oh. He was nice at first. I wanted him to do well, but and now I'm isn't not it sure. So dark. I don't know. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, there's lots of things about uh, you know um, drugs and stuff. As I mentioned, it's really not a children's book, no. is it? In many ways, <laughs> it really isn't. Mm. But you're yeah. Anyway, I'm glad that you have the time to read all this oh, yeah, pulp I, fiction. I have um, bus um, journeys. But our, our colleague Robert Smith actually gave me the DVDs of Soldier Tinker. Right, uh, spy thing. Okay, and 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 sorry, I haven't actually viewed them. Have you returned them? No, he gave them to me. Oh, right. as a gift. Ah, he obviously thought they were rubbish. Right, but, but I'm, I'm sure it's good. But I don't know. That's somehow, wonderful. Yeah, I should watch it. It could actually have some relevance in some way. Probably, given your your interest in British foreign policy. Yeah, but I don't know. It's had, well, yeah. this the legacy of spies, or a legacy of spies, is latest. Is is a fascinating return down the smiley rabbit hole. Wow, and well but worth a read. Isn't Smiley by any calculation now about three hundred and twenty years old? Or? I think it was three hundred and thirty-two. But yeah, I mean it's not far off. Yeah. Right, timeless. But still, yeah, he's still... Ageless. For his age, uh, <laughs> Indeed. Very capable of wiping out populations. Indeed. And so, anyway, on that note, Mark... And sports, no, no, Arsenal, Arsenal, well, that's, uh, we've done that. Yeah, yeah. Good. So, uh, what do we do? Like us? So, yeah, until next week, <laughs> I guess, all you have to do is um, like, listen, subscribe, subscribe, follow, share, tweet. I watched a guy, uh, what's he called, Chris MD, who's a football chap, who's an Arsenal fan. Right. And he was, the moment where his subscribers went over one million, he was actually on his, yeah. Right, and what did he I, do? I was so jealous. What did he do, Mark? How did he celebrate? He just sort of went, because he's always going like, well, like this, that's his trademark, and that's what he did. He let me, yeah, he... he uh, you know, he looked like um, right. somebody who's just heard that Arsenal have fluked a victory over Blackpool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, so we subscribe did. in your millions. Listen yeah. and share, tweet. Yeah. We're yeah. available on Spotify, iTunes, all of the other myriad. We aren't. This program is. Oh, we are too, Mark. Oh, right. Okay. Well, we have no shame. News to you, but. Um, yeah, it's coming soon. Do all the usual things, and until then, we'll hope that no one else has been elected on a worryingly populist platform. But we can be pretty sure that something horrific will have happened by... It's just up to our viewers. Perhaps comment below <laughs> what horrible thing will have happened before the next episode of The Impact Narrative. <laughs>